A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Quincy Pondexter, Keon Dooling, Joey Devine, Mo Spates, John Luer. Jared Bayless, Austin Day, special guest Keith Parrish, Patreons, Coppernick, thank you Coppernick, Dubaroo, thank you Dub. Patrick Cosmos, the strongest man in Chicago. Thank you, Patrick. Musical guest, 3-6 Mafia. And now the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back with, I'm going to say, a more ad-libbed episode than normal. Uh, I'm here, as always, with my good friend, my best friend, a writer, a comedian, uh, a writer for Golden State of Mind, uh, a raconteur, uh, someone who's going to be on Mount Everest in three weeks, <laughs> uh, America's Uncle Dad, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. I did my last uh American stand-up show last night. Oh ever. Ep- not uh, ever. Yeah, but, were uh, you uh were you attacked 
on stage. Uh, you know, I I was actually. It was um. It was a. Uh, no, I did. It's weird. It's it's tough out there. You got a. I almost got clotheslined mid punchline, and that mm-hmm. that breaks the comedian code. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to let the punchline land. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you've you've broken the comics code, and Dave Chappelle will tell you that too, and then he'll say something uh, very transphobic. Um, before we get started, uh, just some some uh, stuff off the top here. Uh, please donate to the Pennsylvania Abortion Fund for our friend Queen Ozymandias. But if you can't, if you don't want to uh, donate to the Pennsylvania Abortion Fund, which the link is in the uh, description, donate to any abortion fund because what's going on is fucked up. We've been joking a lot about the Supreme Court lately because Jerry West is going to take him there and uh, what's happening fucking sucks and I hate them. All right. Um... Uh, also, Round Rock Pod at Patreon uh, at Gmail is our email. At Round Rock Pod is our Twitter, and uh, Patreon slash Round Rock Pod is where you can listen to bonus episodes or get in our popping off Discord or uh, get some buttons or a T-shirt. Um, I recently ordered a mug. Oh, con- well, uh, I'll, I'll make sure to give you that three dollars. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and you can Don't do show that- us how the sausage is made. <laughs> and you can do that at uh, our Tee Public uh, store, which is in the link in the description. We do have a new shirt coming. I promise. I've been promising it for two months now, but there is a design. We just haven't finished it yet. Um, it's Demonis Sabonis, and it says, Welcome to Hell, Domus. Uh, oh, and he has little devil horns. It's awesome. It's very funny. You're going to love it. Uh, you know what else you're going to love? The fact that we have an enemy on the on the pod today. Yeah. <laughs> from the Grits and Grinds podcast, from the Fast Break Breakfast podcast, we have everyone's favorite D'Anthony Melton, Stan, Keith Parrish. Keith, how are you? How's it going, guys? Happy to be here. It's been, man, I got to say, I haven't done the full show with you guys in a while, like throughout mm-hmm. the whole intro. And I listened to your show at like twice the speed. So I'm like in a weird, mm-hmm. I don't know, time vortex. You're in a, you're in a, so it's I'm Keith, loving it. It's Keith Parrish in the multiverse of madness over there. Um, <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um, Keith, how you feeling? How you doing? How Grizz Nation? <laughs> we are we are standing at the precipice of war. We're at the brink of doom uh-huh. and destruction. We're just waiting for the call. We're waiting for the trumpet call that tells us to start just I don't know whacking the legs of all the Zaza Pachulias we see in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, we are ready to fight this team. Listen, we've been accused of some war crimes, and uh-huh. I don't I don't know how to feel about it, but. I do know in a battle, you just got to hunker down and just look for the people wearing your shirt and whatever uh, they do. I have to find a way to defend it. Yeah. So well, I'm gonna, you know, you know, I'm going to try to find a way to just argue dogmatically all things Grizzlies <laughs> and, um, and, and, and enter the, the, the forum of battle against my against my enemy. Yeah. The uh, the the Golden State Warriors have announced that uh, they're seizing all of the Memphis Grizzlies cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that's <laughs> yeah. going to be rough. I mean, these fans, Dylan Brooks does not know what's waiting for him, Keith. Strongly worded mm-hmm. Yelp reviews. 
Oh uh, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, they're, they're he's gonna, gonna say, get. He's gonna get hashtag canceled. They're, they're, they're gonna have these signs up there that says like, "We have to do something about Dylan." Vote in November. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you're if you're in line at on on the league office complaint line, mm-hmm. stay in line. If yeah, you are I, outraged by the Gary Payton two injury, call your representative. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Dylan Brooks is ready for Joe Lacob to scream. I took all your slurp juice. You can't use them on your apes. Um, you know, the uh, cryptocurrency thing, I got I, I, got me thinking. I feel like the Grizzlies themselves might be the least crypto team in the NBA. I that think might, that's right. Yeah, that yeah, might be one of the reasons they're so true. cool. I don't think any of them have uh, have NFT profile photos, but I guess don't you guys do you guys do you guys track that? We don't. Someone we tracks that. Uh, yeah. I feel like they might be the least crypto, least NFT team um, out there. So, well, what I, I what I will say I, is, I think their players are the least crypto, but I actually think their front office might be the most likely to be crypto. They're all like. 30-year-old Duke people. They're so young. Yeah. 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 Well, and the and the owner is Yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, he seems to mostly just own stock in his own company. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sure he has like he has like 20 but... billion dollars worth of stock in his own company. Yeah, he's like just I would think he focused. might actually hate cryptocurrency too. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. He's um yeah, I remember uh, I had a friend who uh, went to high school with him. Oh wow! Yeah, spent a lot of time at lunch shooting threes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we should just hop straight to the playoffs because we're already here, right? Uh, yeah. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Basketball for humans. We're gonna be championship. Data for robots. Both teams played hard, my man. Both teams played hard. All right. Um. So first things first. Uh. I guess we got to talk about it. Um. Dylan Brooks injured Gary Payton Jr. on a uh on a uh flagrant. Gary Payton two- the second. Sorry, Joey. Gary, why did I say Jr.? He's one of Gary Payton's <laughs> two sons named Gary Payton. <laughs> uh. And that has led to uh, a toxic discussion where America has decided J.J. Reddick is cool. I did not see <laughs> this oh, coming. So what a terrible effect. What but a turn. Just the worst possible world we live in where all of a sudden J.J. Reddick is cool. And you know where J.J. Reddick, you know what J.J. Reddick is not cool? If you're on a school board in New York yeah, City. In, if, you, if you run a Brooklyn preschool. <laughs> Not cool. If you believe in the the sanctity of just having one family and not multiple secret families, <laughs> not cool. Uh, also, if you're a uh, fan it, of poem poetry, not cool. Uh, I think I think what we need, to, yeah, like there needs to be a concentrated blitz, not from anyone. Like I I don't know who JJ Reddick's enemies are. I just feel like there should be a public service campaign where we publish his college poetry and have a lot of pictures of the tattoos on his arms. And then uh-huh. people are like, yeah, this guy isn't really cool. All he did was he, he, he bested an old man yeah. in a verbal argument. <laughs> who, who is it? Who is it used to speed? Yeah. Well, who, I gotta- who famously used to just, uh, uh, 
like yell at a a man who is asleep holding a diet coke can every day. That mm-hmm. was what his. <laughs> that's why he was so confused that someone would talk back to him because uh, the person he was yelling at was not holding a diet coke and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Keith. Well, I was gonna say I, I definitely wouldn't want any of my college era art turned up. Um, no. Some of the songs I wrote in college, <laughs> some of the deep feelings I held about things. Keith, yeah, let's yeah. hear a title I, of one of these songs. I, I, I have some sympathy. <laughs> uh, you know, I wrote a, I wrote a really avant garde piece called the A Trait Makeout Stamp. <laughs> Listen, it, it wasn't great. None of it was good. <sighs> I, I I went I went to a university. With dreams of being a composer, I, I, you know, I, I felt inspired to write a lot of music a lot of times, and I definitely emerged as a twelve-tone atonal composer, which has no purpose in society whatsoever. Um, and then I got real interested in like old-timey country music. So again, mm-hmm. uh, college ruined me. Thanks, liberals. <laughs> um. But yeah, because it's because of the Dylan Brooks thing, uh, let's talk about the injuries in this series. Okay. Injuries. You hate to see them. Certainly not the sight the Celtics and their fans want to see. Paul Pierce in a lot of pain, had to be carried off. Then they put him in the wheelchair <laughs> as he's going back to the locker room. <laughs> They are easily the worst part of basketball. Oh, uh, this is the sight that the Celtics fans want to see. And hear the ovation as he comes popping out of the tunnel. Except for when they're not injuries at all. And they're Paul Pierce shitting his pants. Anyway, here are some real injuries, and not ones where a guy pooped his pants. Gary Payton 2 has been ruled out until the NBA Finals, which uh, I gotta say is a little bit of a, considering where the Warriors are in the series... Uh, maybe don't mention that. Maybe just say three to four weeks instead yeah, like, of uh, would now, return to the NBA Finals. <laughs> so I, I ended up listening to a little bit of local Bay Area radio yesterday, mm-hmm. and there was people are people are searching for a way to keep this outrage going. I mean, mm-hmm. look, it sucks that he injured the Dylan Brooks injured Gary Payton, but there were people saying like. This was his one shot at a payday. And now, you know, he lived on his fast hands. He might just not be able to ever do that again. Like, they won't be able to steal and just hope the Warriors take care of him. Like, they were talking like he had been put in like a in a wheelchair, like a real mm-hmm. wheelchair, not, not a pants shitting wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poop chair, but, yeah. but and then and then it's like, yeah, he has a broken elbow. He can play in three weeks, which is, again, a blow for the Warriors, obviously, but I would just say not the kind of thing that is going to make teams just decide to pull whatever free agent offers they had for him. Like, mm-hmm. like that's people were talking about it like he wasn't going to have an elbow anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I heard really people speculating did, like, 
when the injury news, when the update came out that he could, he, he would be back in three to four weeks. One, I was like, kind of, I, I was obviously relieved for him. Yeah. But like the, yeah. the way it felt like I thought this was like a, all right, it's gonna be five months with like a, a some weird complex fracture of his elbow. Yes. Like, I, again, I'm not uh, belittling what Dylan Brooks did. And it's like, it's an ugly, dirty play, but like, I, I feel relieved for Gary Payton. He's going to be totally fine. Yeah. In the summer. <laughs> Uh, like he's gonna not yeah, like he has a little bit of ligament damage. Also, as far as like um him getting a payday, mm-hmm. th- there there's something to be said about leaving it a mystery. Like, right, right. He <laughs> not have a chance to uh, metaphorically poop his pants in the NBA playoffs <laughs> with teams leaving him wide open and maybe him having a show. Like he played well up until the point he got injured. The the guy's going to have a contract next year. Um, yeah, he did not yeah, lose that on the page. It's going to yeah, be the regression from the Golden did not State arrive. Like also, but yeah, the Warriors <laughs> were going to bring him back anyway, so it's kind of like. Well, uh, you're, you're telling me Joe Lacob isn't happy? Maybe that he gets a slight discount? Also, maybe oh, possibly I mean, he's he, he's gonna. <laughs> He's already thinking about the way he can shave like a million a year off Jordan Poole's deal. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what they have done with everybody's extensions. Basically, they did that to Clay. They did that to Draymond. Draymond had to take like two days of pretending to be a restricted free agent <laughs> before just signing the deal and being like, yeah, you, you can't have me over a barrel here with the CBA. Um yeah. We should also talk about the injury on the Grizzlies side. Santi Aldama is out. Uh, oh, Keith, no. do you want to talk about Santi Aldama's injury? Listen, I didn't want to go there, but if you look at some of the lineup combinations with Santi Aldama and Killian Tilly with Jaw, they're honestly off the charts. Incredible. It, it, it is a huge blow not having our giant, our giant swarthy stiffs out there. Uh, I guess Tilly not that swarthy. Um, but yeah, hey, well, we have injuries. We, yeah, Desmond, Desmond Bain, Bain exactly. can't Desmond do a Man. jumping jack. What? What ha- did he just get? Did, was he already hurt in the Minnesota series? I think he got too swole. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think he did back day two days in a row, and you got You got to rest and recover. You, you, you know, and he did not. No, uh, the last. The, well, he the has the, the muscles the, of a seven foot two wingspan with a six foot two wingspan. <laughs> yeah, That's I heard. I heard he hurt himself. He was trying to make his arms longer, so he was just hanging off a swing set. He was doing that. Style. He was doing that surgery in California that adds <laughs> oh, yeah. three inches to your height. I think. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, he he the, had the Rivers Cuomo. He secretly had a Rivers Cuomo surgery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the back thing popped up against the Timberwolves, although there were no real ill effects we could tell in that series. That's when we first started hearing about it. And then, and you saw in the first two games, he's just basically a shell of himself. He's receiving treatment constantly during the games. Uh, His minutes haven't been up where they are, but also like he literally apparently can't catch and shoot. He hit one three pointer in game two. He took another one. That's like the, the no dip three that Mm -hmm. like some players are good at. He's not good at that. He caught a pass over his head and then just tried to like, just two hand pass it over his head without dipping the ball below uh, his chin. Yeah, the back is really messing with him. Um, so it's that's a good why thing his the Warriors treated so, him like he was uh, totally healthy. Yeah, was so a, that's that why his break. that's why his shots aren't falling. What's Clay Thompson's excuse? <laughs> and Clay Thompson, he I know we hit the game winner in game one, but dude looks slow. He, well, and also like yes. Draymond, Draymond got a bunch of steals in game one before getting ejected. I'll be real. Draymond looks a little slow 
I, I felt like this is like the the aging series. I'm not like feeling overly confident that the Grizzlies are going to win this series, but I thought the athleticism matchup would definitely favor the Grizzlies. And after two games, I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. these guys all look slow outside of Andrew Wiggins. Well, Andrew it, Wiggins, he can come on down. That guy's athletic. Yeah, there's but, like, uh, in- Draymond also like like when he was rehabbing his back injury, he got very strong, which was very helpful against Jokic, but he's not like really this is not a physical series in the same way. Yeah. You in, know what I mean? In game one, it was like really night and day when they had that five minutes where it was like Kamingo Wiggins Peyton. And it was like, mm, oh, right. this is like a team that's as fast as the Grizzlies now. Uh, and mm-hmm. pulls fast. Pulls fast, too. Um, oh, yeah. Pull, yeah. Pulls lightning fast. But like yeah. he's not um, keeping up with people on defense, though. Well, he, <laughs> well that's because. Yeah. Jordan Poole falls down more than any player I've ever seen. And not just because John Morant breaks his ankles, but also he just falls down on offense. It oftentimes feels like um, his shoes are literally banana peels. Uh, he should maybe try a different shoe brand. Jordan Peele? Yeah, yeah, no. exactly. Oh, <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nope. Uh, so the... um. We should mention Steve Kerr said that Dylan Brooks broke the code. Yeah. Yes. Uh injuring uh, uh in the in the play and I actually have a quote from Dylan Brooks here about uh I it's an exclusive quote. Oh great. Uh okay. yeah, he just gave it to Round Ball Rock about uh the code. Here we go. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. The grit and grind way. Um, all right. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, Dylan's really got that brogue that people don't yeah, really yeah. Yeah. Don't like, realize. Yeah. He's it's <laughs> like Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny about that movie? Uh Sean Connery is apparently playing a man from Chicago in that movie. All right. Um <laughs> with that accent and won an Academy Award, I believe. Um I like it won multiple did. Academy he Awards. He did win an Academy Award for that one, yeah. <laughs> um Keith, the real reason I wanted to have you on though mm-hmm. is for as long as I can remember, you have been begging the Memphis Grizzlies to play more DeAnthony Melton. And more Brandon Clark. Uh, and that's what's happening. And I wanted to give you a chance to take a massive victory lap here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it feels good to be right. I uh, I feel like I, I don't want to get too full of myself, but I do feel like I'm constantly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I, I try not to gloat too much. This was a great one. Um, Brandon Clark all playoffs has been amazing. He's had, he's had a great year. Um, and I definitely am the loser um, who just keeps being like, hey, we always win when these guys are on the court. Like, mm-hmm. And it's weird that the Grizzlies have had roster continuity for the past few seasons. Like, I know like Steph Clay and Draymond have been in Golden State for forever. Mm-hmm. But among other teams, you don't normally keep your like one through nine together for three straight years, which the Grizzlies have kind of done. You know, they swapped out of Valanciunas for the far superior Stephen Adams. But a lot of these guys have been together, and it's like, hey, it's it's been three years, and the Grizzlies literally always win. When Melton and Clark are on the court, if you play them on the court with, like, their best players, with, like, Ja and Dylan and Jaron, they just crush people. Mm-hmm. 
And it's been an up and down thing. Last year, we got stuck with all these Grayson Allen minutes. Just the Grizzlies got murdered. And uh, this year, Desmond Bain got really awesome. So I've been somewhat Mm -hmm. muted where it's like, hey, we have this other awesome guy now. I'm no longer like absolutely dying that Melton doesn't play. But I still definitely keep pointing out, hey, like even when the dude bricks all his shots, he does awesome stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, it always he works gets, out. Like, and so three steals and two blocks on Steph Curry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you see, <laughs> see in game four where, where, where you know, uh, Dylan does a dum dum. He gets thrown out, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, I guess Melton's playing a lot this game. And uh, Melton had a terrible shooting game. Was really rough offensively. Uh-huh. Again, that goes back to thank God the Warriors didn't get the ball out of Jaws' hands. Uh-huh. But on defense, why would they do th- that though? Like, no, they, they, why wouldn't you? They're it's Jordan part of the code. Doing just fine. It's dishonorable. It's, we, we, we've discussed it. It's dishonorable um, to send help. No, uh, but you saw in the fourth quarter, Melton got two blocks, two steals in the fourth quarter alone. Mm-hmm. All of those defensive plays directly led to points except I won the Warriors kept the ball but off the no, two but then steals, it, they got a dunk they got a yeah. dunk a couple seconds later instead off, off yeah. the two steals off the first block shot it directly led to I think eight Grizzlies points it was like a three-point play and a three-pointer mm-hmm. in a basket and so like Melton when he's out there he just does stuff he just gets blocks he gets rebound he's a great rebounder too the he's Warriors such a good really- athlete He's an unbelievable athlete. He's also still like crazy young. He's the literal same age as Desmond Bain. He's one month older as Desmond Bain. And that's, that's what again, where my like extre- um, extremism, as far as like promoting him, uh-huh. I'm like, if this guy was a rookie, like Desmond Bain, wouldn't you, why is it ever freaking out? Like this guy's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but like every, I mean, I mean, I get Bain took like a leap uh, this year. It became like, honestly near all-star level, but, Yes, Melton is an awesome player. Uh, when he got the opportunity game two, it was really good to see. My thesis has always been if the shots go in, he's unstoppably good mm-hmm. because most of the time the shots don't go in. I mean, yeah. he shot like 37% for three for the regular season. But, he, but like he made- even when he goes one for five, you see the impact in the other areas. And he made some shots in game one. It, it well, What was interesting to me is the Warriors seemed like they – ran a specific play to foul out Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, they did. Now, granted, it's not that difficult to devise a play that's going <laughs> to cause Jaron Jackson Jr. to commit a foul. But um, a lot of the times the play to get him to commit a foul is just missing a shot. Right. Well, and, like, and, and that so, works too. Yeah. And so Draymond got him fouled out and Memphis replaced him with Melton. Like yeah. they didn't go to a different big. They went to Melton. And uh, I got to say backfired a little bit on the Warriors there. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's going to be the formula for success. The uh, the coaching staff has favored going small in a jam. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like going small probably favors the Warriors in this series, but they did it against the Timberwolves too, where they played with only one big. It was usually because of foul trouble, um, either having just like Brandon Clark is the one big out there or even Jared is the one big out there. But like, yeah, Melton came in. Zaire Williams played the four. The Grizzlies haven't done it a lot this year, but they have like some really good statistics when when Zaire Williams is the four and they're playing a bunch of like smaller wings. Well, Again, especially I, I get, if he's it's like the other big that he's matched up against is Andrew Wiggins, the least physical man alive. Right. Um, well, so like, well, I think we saw him dunk once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all over Brandon Clark. Yeah, it was an incredible dunk. I mean, that's uh, for me. That's the matchup, honestly, of the series. Or one of them is just wondering if like. Does the Grizzlies like who does small ball favor the, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the minutes the Warriors played with their 
Pool, Clay, and uh, Steph with Wiggins and Draymond. You know, the Grizzlies won those in game two, despite the fact that Grizzlies were playing not their normal preferred mm-hmm. players like they yeah. did with with uh, Williams and, and Melton. I, you know, obviously, Jabarant gets the huge credit by scoring literally all the points mm-hmm. in the final five minutes of the game. Once the Warriors decide maybe they should do something about that, then uh, <laughs> will the small ball still work? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, in, in my opinion, um, they got so jazzed up about that lineup that had Curry and Poole and Thompson, and they were nicknaming it, and they were celebrating it, and all the local writers were trying to come up with their own patented name for it. Well, we and came up really- with the real name. The real name, Andrew Wiggins and the Water Dudes, is yeah, the official yeah. name. Yeah, that's um, the official name of that lineup. Um, but that was after it did well in two home games against the Nuggets. Yeah. That lineup has not yeah. been particularly good. And the reason is that it's um, some of their advantages are uh, it's, it, they're, they, they're duplicating a lot of things with that lineup. And you're almost I mean, I kind of just think you're better staggering the lineup. So it's like two of Curry, Poole and Clay are on the court at once. But maybe in crunch time, like it's not like Jordan Poole is handling the ball at the end of the game. And while Clay's been certainly worse at the end of games, I just think that you're better off with. I don't know, Otto Porter out I, there? I think... Jonathan, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga's not going to play in crunch time, but, like, he should be playing more minutes. So, yeah. To me, I actually think the problem with that lineup thus far has been uh, uh, the Warriors have a code, and the oh, code yeah. is Clay Thompson is the same, we promise, and we're going to treat him the same. He's the same guy as he was, and we're just going to ignore the fact that... Uh, he gets blown by on defense constantly. Huh. Like, I don't think here's the problem is that Clay Thompson had so much time off. He developed all these new moves. He's not that great at many of these moves. He's like yeah. diversified. He's like a pitcher that had like a great slider and a great fastball. And while he was rehabbing, he came up with a knuckleball. And that knuckleball is a step back one leg baseline jumper. Uh-huh. And it goes in about 25% of the time. And Clay keeps taking these Nowitzkis. Uh-huh. And yeah, I mean, just just well, spot up, dude. But Remember that, to me, that's not points the pro- didn't dribble. <laughs> but to like, me, that's... that's actually not the problem with that lineup. I mean, yes, the offense is a problem, but it's the fact that they still treat Clay Thompson like he's good at defense when he's worse at defense than Steph Curry, and they match clay up with the better player and he gets blown by four times a game um yeah i think if the grizzlies were healthy i mean if 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 brooks is not ejected and if bane is himself i think there's a lot of problems defending the grizzlies which is not something we thought we would have Mm -hmm. i I thought much about coming into the series if you're going to play clay and pool at the same time i still fear that lineup offensively i mean in game one pool was so good it was moving so fast and clay was cutting you know really smartly where like the grizzlies were just getting lost and i still fear getting lost like zaire and job gave steph a wide open three-pointer where i thought the warriors were going to win game two i was actually texting with john when that happened i was like why 
Does does Taylor Jenkins cuz in game 1 they left Clay open like a million times too and he kept missing the threes until the end. But I was like is Taylor Jenkins is uh like is the strategy here leaving two of history's greatest three-point shooters open constantly like well, what is the strategy there but it's working so <laughs> it's wor- I, I think game two i thought it, it seemed like it was a lot better i know the warriors still missed a bunch of open ones but like there were far fewer open ones and i think i think they had some mistakes um with xavier tillman and his minutes about just covering just the basic like high screens and things uh when steph had the ball but Game two, it seemed a lot better, and it, it seemed more focused on, hey, we're going to let Wiggins be wide open, yeah. and you know, and then we know we don't have to guard Draymond. Let's just make sure we don't ever leave Steph uh, if we can help it. But I think you, it's the worry. The Grizzlies are playing unfamiliar lineups, and they're playing a lot of young yeah. guys who haven't don't have as many reps. So I think those mistakes might just be part of it. But yeah, yeah. I am with Keith. The, to me, the problem with that lineup is the defense and not the offense, and I think. At some point, you just, when they're going, very few lineups will be able to keep up with them. Um, they just haven't had it going in three games. Uh, yeah, and and just basically, like, I mean, there's the only, the, I, I don't know, there's only one ball. You know what I mean? Like, like, about that. Um, oh, well, but I mean, like, but I, I just mean the advantages you get from having those three guys out there offensively are not made up for by the defensive lack in their perimeter defense. I just think you'd, I think you'd be better off like just with again, uh, not to harp on Porter, but like just a guy who can play defense in the lane and also can come out to the three point shot. Like you're, I don't think you lose that much with a different a spot up shooter in the lineup, given what you get defensively from that. But the problem is, as to me, I don't think unless they're going to play Moses Moody, like they don't really have or, or Damian Lee, like Otto Porter's not a spot up shooter anymore. He hasn't hit a three in like. I think you got to you got to yeah, hope he, he is. Yeah. I mean, Damian Lee came in and just threw the ball away. As I remember from game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, <laughs> he he was he has kind of bounced out of that. Uh, that bad stretch. He's like I mean, he's, 17 he's, of 42 or something. I forget the exact number, but it was like, those are good numbers, Joey, that you just yeah. said. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he hasn't made a three in the series. He's not really taking this. I, I just think that in crunch time specifically, but I would, I would play more Kaminga. I would play more. Uh, I would just try to mix those guys up a little bit. That's all I would. Um, I think the Clay led important... the team in minutes in this last yeah. game. I that, feel like that, that's again, not like, He's not Clay Thompson. He might be next year, but he's still not Clay Thompson. Like the other th- I will say though, he also made like 23s in the first four games against Denver. There's yeah, there's a sense he's just kind of pressing. No, yes. No, he was great in the Denver series. And I I don't even I mean his offense in game two was rough, but I just mean defensively he's not Clay Thompson, and they refuse to acknowledge that he is. Like they like even in the Denver series, it was like Monte Morris is on fire. Gotta put Clay Thompson on him, and it guess what? Monte Morris still stays on fire. Like at a certain point, there you have to acknowledge that like he's not the best defender in that lineup. Is all my 
take. Yeah, but I mean, but they've got Wiggins on Morant at the end. You know what I mean? It's not. It's well, not. No, they I have Jordan Poole on Morant at the end because they just give that <laughs> they switch, switch up every single yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, I think I think Clay Thompson will uh, shoot a lot better at home, Same. and that's that's going to like take care of some of this. Uh, I'm expecting uh, one relatively comfortable Warriors victory where they win by like seven or eight. And then I'm expecting one game where, uh, yeah, where Dylan Brooks scores 25 points. Joey, I think you outlined this scenario. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ten turnovers for Curry and Green, many of them just going directly to venture capitalists and the crowd. Uh, Draymond's (laughs) going to hit a blood boy in the head with a pass. And uh, yeah, and and Andrew Wiggins is going to only shoot from the outside. He's not going to be able to, he's not going to challenge uh he just you know it's intimidating to go up against brandon clark inside <laughs> when you're exactly the same height and weight as him all so. i want is uh i would like to see a different defensive look on john morant that's all i'm would like to see is uh but well he took jaw took 31 shots in both of the games so mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. and against the timberwolves he was getting like he i think he averaged 16 a game yeah and how'd uh, they do yeah. that keith five times yeah, they they swarmed him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They broke the code. They, uh, but, yeah. they, they all they also had. I mean, but they also had personnel like like Cat was at least big and, and had length at, at the rim. I know. Um, and then like Jaden McDaniels would come in. Anthony Edwards had the athleticism to hang with them. Like mm-hmm. the Warriors, you know. Unfortunately, Gary Payton too was the only guy who seemed like he had that physicality and athleticism mm-hmm. to hang with Jaw out on the perimeter. So like, you know, I don't know exactly uh, what the Warriors adjustment will be there. I mean, if everyone else plays as poorly on the Grizzlies, like the Warriors would be fine. But if Bain is, is back, if Brooks is available, allowed to play by the NBA, but by the way, NBA, what, what are you waiting for, man? Yeah. It's not, it's, no announcement. They're, they're going to drop it at like five P it'll be like a bad economic report from the white house. Yeah. It's going to come out at like, 4:55 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. If they the do that, that, that means he's suspended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they're also, holding it because he's not suspended. They're I don't think he's going to get suspended. barricades around the courthouse. I, yeah, I, I, Woj to me intimated he wasn't going to be suspended, and the reason why is because he basically was suspended for that game already. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is, I think. Listen, it, it was a bad play. No one's not saying yeah, it wasn't yes, a bad play. Yeah, yeah. He deserves a suspension, but I think. I think like if you count time served of basically more than nine tenths of a game, mm-hmm. I feel like a two game suspension is too much. So like, what if he was suspended for the first half? Like, like I mean, a, they do like that a in one college. and a half, a one and a half game suspension. I, I don't understand why they can't do that. They do that in that's a common college football thing. Yeah, like you, you know miss what? curfew. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like sometimes you get it for uh, like a targeting infraction what if he what if he was forced to start the game with four fouls what if okay what if he had to play one half with his arm in a sling (laughs) (laughs) and the warriors would the warriors would still not leave him to help on john moran in crunch time they'd be like no "No, he's still dangerous definitely he's still dangerous listen i think that's what we should do i think uh your flagrant foul penalties you know, four flagrant foul penalty, you know, points accrued during the postseason. He gets suspended. What if you just had to, what if you started losing personal fouls available to you? Yeah, that's yeah. great. What if after one flagrant two, hey, guess what? Rest of the playoffs, you only get five personal fouls per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, they just they they whistle a foul on you the moment you come into the you just, game. Yeah, you start you start the game with multiple fouls. You pick up uh-huh. you pick up three flagrant foul points. Listen, you start the game. You only have four personal fouls you can use this game. I I, I think I'm that's a something. great idea. See, great idea. I and then it's and then that like balances it out where it it feels draconian. Like to, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in. I what if you can barter? What if you can trade in your suspension? You can say, listen, you can have a one game suspension, or the rest of the playoffs, you get three personal fouls per game. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Make uh, a decision. I yeah. think as a Warriors fan, the punishment should be that Dylan Brooks has to play all 48 minutes and is not allowed to pass to John Morant. Uh huh. Um, that's a good. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. See if we can. I think he should be forced to take 50 shots. I think um. <laughs> I think that he like like to show that he really has remorse. I think he should have to let Warriors broadcaster Bob Fitzgerald uh, have lunch with him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has to listen to Bob the whole time. And then uh, Joe Lacob calls in and uh, tells him about his personal objectivist philosophy <laughs> and uh, talks to him about his his dogs. <laughs> Named after uh, Ayn Rand novels. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> that's how he's going to learn his lesson. Like, that's what Dylan Brooks is going to hate the most. Um, Dorks talking to him. <laughs> um, uh, do you want to talk about some other series? I do. I, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Um, I mean, before we do that, we got to do this, right? Yes. Um, all right. Uh, Keith. I'm, you are a, a certified basketball watcher. You watch more basketball than anyone on earth. <laughs> uh, Suns Mavericks, what surprised you thus far? Oh, the man. Suns lead 2-0, obviously, at the time of recording. I would say I have watched a good bit. I, I appreciate the compliment for being a basketball watcher. Uh, I will admit, playoff time... I kind of dial it back a little bit. <laughs> you know, some people are 16 game players. Some people are 82 game players. I'm an 82 game player. I like the regular season. Um, uh, like Sixers heat. Haven't watched a minute. Haven't watched a single minute of Sixers heat. You're telling me no Embiid's playing. Listen, if something interesting happens, I will tune in. As far yeah. as I can tell, nothing interesting has happened yet. So I haven't watched. Um, I have watched some of, of Suns and, and Mavs. Um, I haven't been super surprised. I guess like how well the Suns have done. Maybe you could mm-hmm. say that is like like they're just maniacally ripping this team apart. They they attacked um, Luca constantly in game two. They shot sixty four percent from the field as a team. That's mm-hmm. amazing. As a team, that's the third <laughs> highest total uh, for any team in a game. Just apparently can't guard them. And what's weird is like the Mavs are a good defensive team. Like they're a very, very mm-hmm. good defensive team. Yeah. And that's like, as a, as far as like the playoff matchups coming into it, like I didn't want, I wanted to play the Warriors as a Grizzlies fan. I didn't want to go through the slow hell that was the Mavericks. I feel like the mm-hmm. Mavericks matched up really well with us. Um, uh-huh. The Warriors, I'm like, listen, this will be fun games. I'd re- I think I'd rather have that. Yeah. Um, so the Mavericks are a good team and the Suns are just being like, yeah, we don't care. Um, Chris Paul's to shoot over 75% for the playoffs and just make every shot. And, you know, so like, in the fourth I guess quarter, a, yeah, the the Suns shot eighty four point two percent from the field. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Suns seem incredible. I assume the Mavericks are going to regain their footing a little bit. I also wonder if you want to wrap it into like a, a broader discussion on the NBA. Like, does this show the limits of the like 
one guy doing everything basketball like Luca just can't do everything even if you have mm-hmm. decently good role players around him even if Maxi Kleber well, still knocking down his three pointers well it's because like, the Suns broke the code and are double teaming him right yeah. like uh, oh I know they, I think they broke the code by going at him so hard <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. listen this is like, like you can't the you code can't is attack you the have same to get guy. the switch you, you, the same t- the, like you, you gotta give spread the other it around <laughs> you gotta spread it a li- around yeah. it's like it's like youth sports you can't attack the same kid every time or there's gonna be a fight yeah Steve like, Kerr better let someone else dribble the ball Steve Kerr <laughs> should be calling Monty Williams and telling him he needs to stop breaking the code of basketball and let Luca have exactly what he wants on offense every single time. It's what so Luca made five out of ten three pointers. Like Luca huh. actually made his free throws, which he stinks at. Like yeah, Luca scored over thirty, made a bunch of threes. The Luka Mavericks made seventeen three pointers. It was a classic um, Luca game. <laughs> what do you guys make of the the Suns social media? I had this game on mute, so maybe I missed mm-hmm. something. The Suns official Twitter account said, guys, let's chill with the Suns in four chance. Uh-huh. Wow. Have they, have they just turned? Have they turned on the dude? Has that guy been milkshake ducked? Like, is yeah, there, that's that's but that's I assume my so. suspicion. Like, like, I, like listen, I was I was doing one of those weird. Um, hey, a tweet this sketchy casino site for 20 bucks type things on Twitter last year. <laughs> and they gave me a video with Suns and four guy. And I'm like, I'm not tweeting that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not not about to retweet this guy anymore. Like, 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 I'm not. Listen, I said I would tweet copy. I didn't say I would treat videos of weirdos. But uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing that the Suns. I thought it was amazing that the Suns were like, yeah, let, let's cut it out. No more because they're they're up two zero. They could easily win this in four. But uh, I thought that was interesting. They said, hey, let's 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 cut that out. All right, Keith, I wanna I wanna play a little game here with you real quick oh, that's okay. impromptu yeah. here yeah uh, i'm gonna ask i'm gonna give you a weirdo an nba weirdo and you're gonna tell me how much money a shady gambling site would have to pay you to tweet that video okay um lakers chain man oh uh normal rate i, I do i do I, I do i do one pop yeah listen if it's just a retweet not a quote retweet you told me to retweet something well, for your well, casino think, yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. A, a flat retweet. I think I could do that for probably 20 bucks, you know, okay. 15, 20 bucks per pop. Yeah. <laughs> Lakers chain guy. I don't know. I don't know. Does he have a weird, bad history? I'm fine with him. He's funny. I can laugh at him. De- a quote retweet is going to cost you more, mm-hmm. but just a flat retweet. Sure. Yeah. 15 bucks. Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl. I know he's despised, but <laughs> beyond that, I, I got no problem. Now, are we talking like a live video of him saying something weird? Yeah. Or just yes, like, yes, is yes, it just like him being yes, like, hey, no. this is Clipper Daryl. I'm going to vote, you know, come on down to this casino. Yeah, uh, no, it's just it's just about the he's mad at he's mad at the Clippers in the video. Um, Yeah, I can do it. Normal rate. No big deal. OK, <laughs> yeah. by the way, the the Suns and four guy, you can get a bobblehead of him on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suns and four guys. Uh, we're talking. Mm-hmm. Couple hundred bucks. Okay. Mark what Cuban. about what about Jimmy? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Mark Cuban. I don't mind. Yeah. No, no, normal rate. You say normal rate slash small to mid sized Lego set. Yes, I'll do that. Okay. Uh, James Goldstein, the courtside fan, and it's a a tweet. It's kind oh. of an obnoxious comment about architecture. Jimmy Goldstein. No. Uh, yeah. 
gratis on the house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. That's good. I feel like that's good for my brand. Yeah. That's uh-huh. good for my social media brand. I would, yeah, I would retweet a video of him. No problem. What about that? That old fan at Nets games who like heckles people and is always, always clapping like this. I forget uh, his name. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know who that is really. Um, yeah. Nor, nor, normal rate, may, maybe slight discount, but uh, yeah. KD Lang. <laughs> yeah, according I mean, to Blazers fans, they're top celebrity fan. That, you know, if they could buy in bulk, if we can work out, if I know I'm going to get like, you know, a few hundred dollars out of it, that, that'd be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An uh, NFT of Joe named- Lacob. Uh, you know, in a Grizz Warrior series, that, that that's hard for me. That, 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 that might cost me some follows. Um, I'm going to I'm going to need to receive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Start a coin purse account for me and put something in there. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna, gonna cost you a lot. Uh, the next guy is called Mr. Whammy, but oh, way, yeah, which, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, kind of means the rate's a little higher to me, I think. Yeah, uh, T Morant. Oh, you know what? I might have to work out. Let's just get a uh, you know, I, I just need a John Morant shout out. I see a couple of John Morant retweets. <laughs> yeah, um, he plugs the podcast. I mean, John Morant, you know, he, the, the man is the most. Like Kevin Durant's probably the greatest NBA Twitter user. John Morant might be the most prolific as far as his volume. Yeah, he's it's just a constant. Lot. I had to follow him because he just retweets everything. Yeah. Like you know, like I remember the first time he retweeted me, I was like real excited, and then it's like, oh, this guy just retweets everything. Mm-hmm. If you say his name and it's positive, he there's a good chance he's gonna retweet you. Uh-huh. Um, so you know. Uh, if I could, if I could work out a few of those, I, I could do something with T Morant. All right, and then finally a gif of drake <laughs> I, it's again like all of these i feel like my my thought process is is this bad for my brand does this seem embarrassing uh will this turn followers away do they think it's not funny i feel like drake operates in that nebulous world where it could be either like hey keeps making fun of drake so like i feel like mm-hmm. i could skate it either way yeah, yeah mm-hmm. normal rate normal all rate. right so there you go, uh, shady gambling sites. That's uh, <laughs> that's your rubric for Keith tweets. Um, mm-hmm. Sean, Keith said he hasn't watched a single minute of Heat Sixers. Uh, do you want to give? Uh, <laughs> do you want to give the listeners your take on Heat Sixers so far? Yeah. Well, I've I've also been I've been doing shows, so it's been cutting into my my playoff launching a little bit, but. Uh, I I just think it's great that Doc Rivers is still sticking with DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> oh, I've uh, seen again, those quotes. That is delightful. I've thought of that myself. He just loves having his daughter's ex-boyfriends on his roster and playing them a lot. Like it's for some reason, it feels like pathological, like some kind of father based cuckolding thing. But it's it's amazing. Now, I mean, granted, they don't really have. Uh, I mean, their their backup center is Paul Reed. Excuse who, me. What is his name? Be respectful. Uh, it's B-ball Paul. B-ball Paul. Paul. That's I always yeah. get confused because I think of Streetball Paul. Uh, obviously that's Paul Millsap in an All Star game. Um, but uh, Paul Re- Paul Reed uh ten- tends to get in foul trouble. He did not in game two. He played uh twenty five minutes, and that was a better solution. It's just um. It's 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 rough when they when they don't have Joel Embiid and, you know, James Harden just isn't 
really a shooter anymore, which is such a weird thing to say. But uh, he just does not seem to go to the basket or get to the basket as well or just as frequently as he used to. Um, I'm not smart enough about basketball to say why that is, but possibly uh, the league seemingly cutting down on players uh, shamelessly mugging for fouls has hurt. And he just isn't, he's just not shooting threes the same way anymore. I mean, the, so. the main thing I know about this series that I have not watched is the Sixers are, are minus 31 with DeAndre Jordan on the court and mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. one with him off the court. Yeah. So like yeah. in the, what is this? The, in the 31 minutes that DeAndre Jordan has played, that's where they've been outscored. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. all the other minutes are, are fine. So like that part of it, uh, that's pretty hilarious. I guess I'll probably watch game three because I'll be basketball starved from Thursdays. No basketball. Mm-hmm. I think Embiid's going to come back in game three, too. Yeah, maybe. And oh, by the way, it, that'll make it like a normal series. Speaking of players coming back, the Warriors just released an injury update on Gary Payton, too. Uh-huh. They're saying we're now two down weeks. to at least two weeks. Yeah, two weeks mm-hmm. that. Hey, well, if it's just two weeks, I'm trying to get a rhyme for you. Can't suspend them. Uh, <laughs> You must show relief. I don't yeah, know. That, there you go. That's right. Uh, I will say the if, crazy- they, if it's only a fortnight, you allow for a sport fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I will say the crazy thing to me about Sixers heat is uh, when the playoffs started, I was making fun of Victor Oladipo and now uh-huh. he's good at basketball. <laughs> he had 19 points in game two. Um. Yeah, I mean, he had he had five points in game one. But, yeah, uh, but... yes, the thing <laughs> is, the thing about their team, it's so weird that. OK, so they, they still don't have Kyle Lowry back. And well, uh, he was upgraded for game three just now, actually. Oh, oh, because he's he has miles. I think mm-hmm. he's in the he's in the executive club for that. <laughs> um, but they they we, they have a weirdly deep team because some of the things that I um didn't really like about the heat was that they seem very dependent on Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And well Max now Tyler Bruce. Hero yeah yeah no. but like that didn't bother me as much just it, it, in turn it, it's like um well also Tyler Hero has been playing awesome yeah but Duncan Robinson doesn't even play anymore. I don't even yeah. think he's hurt. No they yeah. just Max, uh, they found Max Struess um, yeah, that's he's the he's your Duncan Robinson replacement. Um, I mean, he was plus twenty seven in game one. It's crazy, and it's great. It's great. So they're starting Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, I this is a real Gabe uh, Vincent, by the way. Who every time I hear his name, I'm like, isn't that like the guitarist for Scorpions? Like that does not. That's <laughs> not a basketball name. That is a uh-huh. rock and roll name. You know what I mean? I'm not a star rock and roller. Um. <laughs> the, the other thing I like about this Sixers Heat series, again, from just uh, seeing the numbers, uh, Georges Yang, who the Jazz did not bring back because he could not make a three-pointer yeah. in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. he's one for ten from three yeah. in this yeah. series. I don't think, guys, he's he's cut out like everyone's like, hey, we got this floor spacer. It's like no, he, he his last team let him go because they thought he did poorly in the playoffs, and now he's doing poorly in the playoffs. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. I mean, Max has been good. The guy who's actually been um, the the uh, savior. It, I always feel weird about this guy because he's 
like always traded and he's clearly a little bit overpaid Mm -hmm. but tobias harris is just always very solid like he's just like a great two or three guy on a team and uh he's like the one guy that miami can't handle they've got this like vaunted defense and they just have no solutions for tobias harris and uh that's kind of wild to me that he's like this is his time to shine overmatched the only option yeah and then finally, we should talk about the uh, the last series. Celtics-Bucks, it's tied 1-1 at the time of recording. Uh, I was really psyched about the Celtics. I thought the Celtics were going to fall flat on their faces after game one. My favorite thing of the playoffs thus far was when they cut to Brad Stevens angrily leaving the owner's box with seven minutes left to go in game one. Yeah, and I think he ate unfor- too much Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Paul Pierce moment. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the Celtics came back and looked really good in game two. Guys, what are your thoughts on Celtics Bucks thus far? I mean, I think it's been a, a really fun series. And the, uh, you know, I think the winner of this feels like the guy, the team that's going to come out uh, of the East. Agreed. The the Bucks coming out in game one with no Middleton and just looking so kind of dominant and like, I don't know, just seizing control of the series. But then the bounce back. Now, the Celtics, without Marcus Smart playing so well in game two, like, yeah, these teams are both really good and really fun to watch and kind of, like, just insanely good at defense. And we're seeing that, like, that playoff Giannis where even if you're going against a great defense, it's just, like, he kind of just finds a way and, like, just, like, knocks people over and and gets to the buckets. Well, and also the key to unlocking him is Brooke Lopez, apparently. Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he he is not shot well in this no. series so right. far i mean it, it, albeit un- unlocked but uh he's got he's got to be shooting like 30 percent in this <laughs> in this series so far um i expect when they get back to milwaukee um the some of the celtics ta- i think he's probably going to draw a few more fouls and it's funny like the 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 bucks have this defensive scheme where they uh they kind of dare your mediocre three-point shooters to to shoot and they wall off the paint. And uh in game two, Boston just made a lot of threes. Like they took, I think 40, they've taken over 40 in both yeah. games, and they hit almost half of them in game two. And they like only some of that 10 two-point field goals in game one. Yeah. That's um, very well, weird. Um, I think that uh that defense is similar to the Warriors defense where they dare your mediocre three-point shooters to shoot and then also do not wall off the paint they yeah. don't wall off the paint and they, yeah. they also they say we're off. gonna let you shoot all the three-pointers you want also we're gonna single guard you when you drive in oh yeah. you know what was the biggest part about that uh gary payton two update the warriors uh-huh. just released no andre iguodala for at least another week so oh that's a blow that's the, a blow the, for the, the jaw Grizzlies. stopper oh, that is ja- that's some jaw-dropping news i thought we should I... hypnotize dylan brooks before the series started to make it to make him think that andre iguodala was suiting up <laughs> yeah he has lit him up uh, they should get a fan to wear an like a like a out of shape fan to wear an iguodala jersey oh. like fake clay and that'll really like <laughs> fire him up um one uh, the other thing about this series is um okay so i kind of feel this way about dylan brooks i think you and i have slightly different opinions on how good he is keith i mean he's not he's not a bad player or anything he's just uh such a foul machine but uh the the celtics without uh marcus Marcus smart Smart seemed like they leaned a lot on grant williams 
mm-hmm. and he was great. He was doing a lot of the yeah. Marcus Smart things. He wasn't he wasn't uh, falling down as much mm-hmm. as Marcus Smart does on purpose all the time on people's <laughs> legs uh, and to get calls. But uh, yeah, like it, it's kind of nice to have a guy out there who can uh, make threes. Yeah, and- I mean, I mean, Marcus Smart, ha- you know, he like the shooting comes and goes, but like yeah. he is, he does seem to be like this incredibly crucial element to the Celtics. Obviously, when he was a player of the year, but then they they played so well in game two. Like the comparison to Dylan Brooks, I felt like, you know, he's known for being a chucker. He's known for being a fowler. I think he's unequivocally a good player. I think he's he's an excellent player. He's mm-hmm. been one of the best players for the Grizzlies the last couple of years. And like, I think for the Warriors, Grizzlies game, not having Dylan Brooks, I felt like the Grizzlies just hung on with weird makeshift yeah. lineups uh-huh. in the Celtics. It was just like, all right, they did. They had Derek white who could play more and Grant Williams who could play more. And that's, that's among their small core of guys. They actually trust. And those players stepped up. I felt like Grant Williams had a better game in game two than like any of the Navy, you know, even better than Melton. I know he had an awesome fourth quarter with the, with the steals and the blocks, but yeah. like a better overall game than Melton had you know, Zaire hit some three pointers. So I think Grant was just maybe a little bit of a stronger player. Possibly the Celtics can continue to have success without Marcus smart, but I know they would prefer to have him much like the Grizzlies. I think them having success without Dylan would surprise me a little bit, but I'm also ready to pivot my arguments. um, Should it go in that manner? Yeah. yeah, And uh, and, and be a, uh, (laughs) begin to, you know, start, Questioning some of Dylan's contributions over the past few years. I think I think smart probably his uh, sort of bullying attitude doesn't work as well on a team like the Bucks, whereas the Nets are crushed into dust by him (laughs) staring at them and like pressing up on a drive. Yeah. All right. uh, There's one last thing I want to ask Keith before we leave. Um, Keith, you are a known uh, ref defender. You love the refs. Mm, yeah, you're super em. pro refs. I want to give you. I'm gonna give you a difficult task here. Uh, I want. I need you to defend the refs' decision to release a music video starring Scott Foster about Jack Harlow, because <laughs> that's what they did on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Wait. Uh. So they did a music video. Oh my god! About yeah, how they uh, didn't know who Jack Scott Harlow, Foster yeah. didn't know who Jack Harlow was. Yes, and uh, they released a like minute and a half long video where they try and make Scott Foster look cool to a Jack Harlow song. Um. Oh boy, this it, it was this is a tough moment for me. <laughs> I I long had been, you know, in favor of the NBA, the league doing more things to explain to fans like just about the rules process, the officiating process. Like I thought they were doing a poor job, even in their broadcasts by having like Joe Borgia, you know, like he's not the best guy. You like how you guys need to get someone a little more better. Like your social media accounts need to be better. You need to hire like actual comedians to interact with people to explain. It's Cause like they had a habit of like quote tweeting, clips and being like here's why this call's correct and it always like came across incorrectly and i was someone who was like i see what you're trying to say but there's a better way to do this you need to have someone more online to help you out and this is not what i had in mind i don't (laughs) i don't think they should be attempting comedy bits Uh with their people i think keeping the the referees as anonymous as possible is a benefit Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know from someone who has spent a lot of time being like, listen, 
you have to consider the angle the person who blew the whistle was at. Like, if you're not even considering the perspective of what the guy was looking at, you can't be that mad. And so, like, that's kind of where a lot of it comes from. And and they're not doing that. I think it'd be more fun. Like, the big three, when they let the referees wear cameras, like GoPros on them so you yeah. can see the angle they're looking at. I love this technology. Let's do more of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, releasing things attempting to go viral uh-huh. by doing like, SNL what is the benefit of that style, style music videos yeah it lo- you lost me there like uh-huh. yeah what's the upside <laughs> you don't want you I don't want understand more people following you I don't want well, yeah, people like, talk yeah you you want you want to you're like, supposed to be independent arbiters of justice uh-huh guys and, and like I don't know how improving your online clout achieves that goal I mean, it's, it's weird when it mixes into when the referees are doing it for the entertainment part of it. That I don't know. Yeah, it, it was very, very strange. Um, I, I, I cannot defend it. It's it's very strange. And it's it's a very odd kind of situation where um, they're they're promoting essentially the guy who is the focus of all conspiracy mm-hmm. allegations <laughs> for all of this stuff. And it's like, you just don't want him to know that he's there. And I mean, I think ESPN's choice to have Steve Javi is much more in line with what Keith's saying. Just mm-hmm. a guy who is loves a sad, could sandwich. not be more boring, could not be more boring. <laughs> right. Seems like he's locked in a panic room. Uh, like, always like a little bit surprised when they cut to him, like, like they had to rouse him a little bit and all of his answers are completely boring. And now granted, I wouldn't do that at all. I wouldn't even (laughs) bother because it's really boring and it seems like kind of a big expense, but, (laughs) but like, that's why you don't want to like, you want a boring guy to do that job. You want like, I think I think Steve Javi is an ordained deacon and went to mm-hmm. divinity school. He does seem that's like a what weird you're looking guy. for. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what. You, but that's what you want. You want like a bland dude. And uh, you know, for for the NFL, apparently it has to be an Italian, a, a former ref with an Italian surname. That's the only way it works. Um, but like, I feel like in football. There are complicated stuff. There's complicated stuff where they'll say, like, you know, you don't you don't realize this, but you can't be you can't go out of bounds and be the first guy to touch the ball. Like something you might not normally know in basketball. It's just like it's it, it. It's just Steve Javi again, voicing sort of an esoteric opinion. Well, so I think that part you mentioned about the difference between the sports, I actually think it, it it's not that dissimilar. I think in basketball, again, one of the reasons that like I get annoyed at fans screaming about officials is so often they're screaming about rules and so frequently they don't know the rules. And there are a lot of very strange rules in the NBA. And I think one of the problems the NBA comes into is the announcers don't even know some of the basic rules. Like in game one of the Warriors game, no one seemed to know that the rule had changed that like it isn't an automatic review for out of bounds calls. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. been a great benefit. <laughs> the the They missed the out of bounds call where Dylan Brooks knocks it out of bounds. It goes mm-hmm. to a jump ball. But like the league has improved greatly by not having these constant reviews on out of bounds plays like just embrace human error. 
we, we can do it. But like, I do think there are a lot of very strange calls and people are like, Hey, why didn't, why didn't, why can't we challenge this? And it's like, we've been over this a hundred times. You can't yeah. challenge a call where there's no whistle. Like no one called goaltending. Yeah. You can't challenge it. Or like no one called a foul. And then yeah. we go to the replay reviews. Like, Oh, you see the foul on the replay. It just gets so confusing. I just wish we started with like the frontline people, the national broadcast people, just if they were understanding of some of the basic rules. See, now you've got me defending the referees again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, mean, but I, I can't defend the, the social media video they posted. Yeah. And and I think I think we still have too many video reviews. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, that 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 Celtics Bucks game was insane because it was like a 20 point game for most of the second half. And they probably had six video reviews. Well, that's the thing with the flagrant fouls. Like I man, I would be in favor. You call it like you see it in the moment. Uh huh. And then say, you hey, figure it out later. Figure you it say, out. Hey, later hey flagrant one. And then after the fact, you're like, oh, it's a flagrant two. That dude's gone next game. Yeah. Like, or he's like, playing I, with five fouls. Like, like for, <laughs> for, or yeah, or he has to start the game with four or five fouls. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I'd be in favor of that. Honestly, even like the things you can do immediately from Sukakis, like, hey, that was a goaltend. I wish they would just fix it. Like, as, as in like, you only stop it in the final two minutes because you can't like add points. I'm saying like, Hey, like, Hey, guess what? Three minutes ago in the first quarter, that was a goaltend. We've added the points. Like, yeah. you know, they yep. do some of that for checking twos and threes. They, they have fixed this where, where, they, where they, they fix them at timeouts. But like, I would, man, I, I would honestly be in favor of some wild, Hey, we went through and reassessed all the, all the flagrant fouls and the clear path fouls. Uh, and here's the report. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, maybe just like, like a two minute call. Like, hey, your team deserves six free throws. Uh, maybe tough. But like, yeah, I, I don't care that much. I, I, I lean now more towards. Uh, I, I prefer the art of refereeing over the science. Mm-hmm. Ref it by feel. Okay, um, cop. All right, uh, that's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he wants he wants less. He wants less mandatory session. He wants. Yeah, community. I want. I, yeah, I, I need less. This is, this is less his, legalism. Um... Like, also, yeah, I need more Judge Dreads out there, Joey. Uh huh. I need oh, people so, who are the yeah, law. You're a who fascist. Yeah, All right. This, yeah, is, exactly. this is the okay. six can fix plan that right. Keith Parrish has presented right. to reform. And that's why we need to increase funding for the referees. To that's right, man. Uh, that's right. Defund Scott Foster. That's what that's everyone, and, and, and everyone, everyone's like, like, we need to add a fourth referee. It's like, oh, you're for increasing the funding, huh? Uh-huh. I do. I didn't I do realize kind of think we were it's crazy that basketball Frank Miller. All right. Uh, go ahead. Sean. <laughs> oh, just just it. Three refs already kind of seems like a lot. And the fact that. Considering that they, you know, half the time can't really tell who the ball went out of bounds off of anyway. It's impossible uh, to tell. Embrace I do want the to get possible way. Just to embrace, embrace the madness. I would also like to get rid of jump balls because no NBA ref has thrown a jump ball straight up in the air in about 15 years. Like it's they just don't what, know how to do it. What's your uh, what's what's your fix? I don't know. Use a drone, arrows, something Use the Aaron Gordon drone, anything except a drone to a drop jump it. ball. It's like yeah. it's just it takes forever. They're always like shoving around in position, Madness, and then the yeah. ref throws the ball at like a forty-five degree angle, and you're like, "What's happening right now?" Or like really the, the tip gets stolen. Like it's you know, you know what? Yeah, ev- stealing ev- the tip ev- is cool though. Every but time, all of it, but it's NBA all player, like nonsense. <laughs> every time an NBA player is like, "Listen, if you never played in the league, you can't comment on the game." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
I think, I think, I think the new position would be if you've never thrown a perfectly perpendicular jump ball. Yeah. You can't criticize referees. I need a demonstration of a perfect up and down throw. Well, I'm, I'm just saying it's very difficult to do. I don't it think it's, extremely I don't, I don't think. And that's why the jump balls flaunt. Just go to an arrow. I can't believe we haven't come out with like a jump fair. ball, just like, like, like a contraption. Yeah. Or, like Scott Foster just whips a thing out of his, his jersey and it's like a little. Boop, yeah, it just feels like once, right a game, once a game, we're in like the 1940s and and yeah. you know, we're like, well, we, that's what happens when it gets stuck in the peach basket. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the, the man has to throw it up in the center. Uh, enough copaganda. That's our episode. Um, Keith, where can our listeners find you? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Fast Break Break. If you want me to retweet something, $30. <laughs> Straight up 30. It's not such a bad thing. Uh, Sean, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, uh, not really. I'm going to be I'm going to be in Nepal. Uh, <laughs> the nation of the nation of Nepal. Follow them. They've got a great video. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a Jack Harlow song about uh, not leaving your trash on Mount Everest. It's really good. The Sherpas uh, do a dance. And then as for me, I was on the Who Cares About the Rock Hall podcast this week, reacting to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Um, Dolly Parton, woo! I had a, yeah, I have a take about that. Dolly Parton should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but also she asked to be removed from the ballot, and they voted her in anyway, so weird. All right, um, uh, Sean, did you write a song? Uh, yeah, I do. I do have a song. It's um, it's it weirdly fits our theme. Uh, it's uh, it's by Scott Foster, the people, and it's mm-hmm. called Trumped Up Calls. Great. <laughs> um, uh, and then, oh, man, I almost forgot to do my bit. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where on. Um. 62614 I tweeted had a good run playing b-ball at Kurt Warner 13's house last night the broken <laughs> rib I suffered is totally worth it no big breaths for me uh, I guess Dylan Brooks was playing in that uh, pickup game all right um, that's uh, Sean song is playing under us right now trust the process trust and, the process uh, shut it down no more breaking the code Paul's got quick hands But in the playoffs He'll face a ref with a plan He's got a scowl on his face Throwing out his arms Like he's an angry kid Yeah, he can't draw a shooting foul In playoffs against Foster He is 0-14 Might punch a guy in the nuts But he's flopping on you Yeah, he'll be flopping It's true all the other rats with the trumped up cause of flavor one, flavor one, count those touch fouls. All the other rats with the trumped up cause of replays run, run, run. Games three hours long. All the other rats with the trumped up cause of having fun, having fun. Teeth that guy up. All the other rats with the trumped up cause of title run, title run. Defense on Scott Foster. Adam Silver works a long day. He'll be coming home late with Jared Cushner.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.